Paul, why are you making that face on the camera? And welcome everybody back to CryptoCast this week. It is, I'm your host, Ty Chaman, with the other host, Brian Zabracki, aka Dude Man, the amazing Paul McGinnis, and the awesome Heather Dunham, as known as Animated Hello on Twitch. Um, we are continuing our second part of our ghost stories. Um, the first part was pretty lengthy, and we're so grateful to talk about this. It's a very spooky episode. And we'll dive into it. Um, how's everybody doing today? I exist. Hot. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So part of my s- stories that I have to tell is all personal testimonial, but with a bunch of witnesses too. Um, where I left off last week, I mentioned the Hinsdale house that I was at. That is in, it's just around Cuba, New York. Um, very, very creepy property. Um, it's literally just this one house at this end of this very long dirt road and no other houses are on this road. So back in, it was September of 2014. Yeah, 2014. And me and my co-star Amanda Watson at the time, we both did the movie Alive the Undead Survival Series, which became released as Alive the Undead, blah, blah, blah. So we were at a convention paneling and we just happened to start strike a conversation with ghost hunters that were paneling a few tables down from us and they invited us on their show and it was very brief but it was a pretty good invite so they essentially sent us the address and i picked amanda up in tonawanda and drove down to cuba new york which was about an hour drive and i did no research on the property at all so i had no clue like if there was going to be bad traffic so we got there way earlier than the homeowners at the time and the ghost hunters. So literally me and Amanda got to the end of the road, standing outside the house, knowing that we're the only ones here. And I had to take a major piss. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So literally I'm like, okay, Amanda's on her phone, whatever. I like, I'm going to go walk over. Yep. I'm going to go walk into this field, which is facing the house. And I do my business and it was nice. <laughs> it, <laughs> it burned. It, you no, get like a time yeah. estimate how long it took? Um, I would say it was a good 15, 20 second burst. Nice. <laughs> I had a salad stream you going. A song during. Yep. Oh, I, I could have whistled anything. <laughs> so, so part of it goes on that, um, we were still waiting for probably like 30 minutes and this is just before sunset. And at this point we're like an hour before they told us to be there and a car comes up and it turns out it was the current owners at the time. And they're like, Hey, like we, we know you're with the ghost hunting team. We could give you guys a tour of the place if you want. I'm like, yeah, sure. Now you're all put away at this point. You're nothing exposed. Not really. (laughs) I could have been. Okay. But Deep down, I knew I had to clean myself up to be professional. But, yeah, the downside was, so, yeah, the owners showed up, and they're like, okay, yeah, we could tell you guys all about the place and where you guys will be investigating. And before we get to the doorway, they're like, hey, have either of you been blessed before as they have holy water in their hand? I'm like, no. (laughs) We only go to churches for funerals. And I, I don't know if Amanda was or not, though, but we ended up going in, and you feel this immediate pressure, just all this, it feels like so much air pressure in the room that's on your shoulders. As you walk in, you feel like you're being watched from like every single corner of the room. And this is in the middle 
of the afternoon, like just before it gets dark out. And when we walked in, we walked into literally what would be the kitchen dining room area. And there's this coffee table that's just weirdly placed just like to the left of the room. And I'm like, why would someone have a coffee table in a kitchen? So anyways, they're showing us all around the place and telling us all the stories of the ghosts and demons and everything. And um, truth behold, actually, Ed and Lorraine Warren did investigate the place. And you guys obviously might have heard those names from the Conjuring series or all their books that are out and available. Um, go support your local bookstores, check out Barnes and Noble, whatever. So they also brought up like, they're like, yeah, that a bunch of Native Americans died on the property and they're like specifically in that field. And I'm like, and I just pissed in the field. Oh no. Yep. I didn't put the connection until you just now. I, I felt the piss shoot back up into my body. Oh no. <laughs> just like a lot of poltergeist just like a vacuum go <laughs> kind of thing but it was so weird and they took us around the house and we went to the bathroom and i kept seeing all these flies on the wall and it just didn't make sense because there didn't seem like there was like a nest there or anything but they were just constantly on this wall so about 30 minutes to an hour later the ghost hunters show up they're super thrilled and excited and ready to tackle the case that they have for overnight and like I said, this whole investigation that me and Amanda were a part of, it was going to be for their season two finale. And they have a pretty good following. They're pretty great people. Um, you can find the episode on YouTube for Behind the Shadows, Hinsdale House. I'm in part two. So it was a two-night investigation. Uh, the first night they did with, I don't know if anyone knows the name, Reverend Tim Shaw. He's pretty amazing in the spiritual community. But yeah, it was quite intense that there's so much when they released the episode that happened off camera compared to what's edited and released in the actual video. So we actually started off with our night of, they split us into two groups, but when they edited together, they kind of focused on us being the guests of the show. And we went into the woods and it just, at this point it's pitch dark and just extremely creepy. And you could just hear things literally from maybe like a mile away, like a crack in the trees or anything and Amanda kept feeling dizzy and so on and so forth we ended up going back to the property and they're like okay well like this is about midnight now or about 11 I would say and they had me and Amanda go upstairs with um, two of the paranormal investigators and the cameraman while everybody else kind of like switched spots and they were investigating the woods while we were in the house alone and the cool thing is, like, we made sure, like, we were the only ones in the house that, like, we locked the doors behind us kind of thing as per part of their episode. So we were sitting upstairs in the bedrooms, and I actually got touched. And no, it's not like, oh, the, tell the lawyer what happened kind of thing. <laughs> we're in the dog. Uh, yeah, but we're... It's actually in the episode, too, that I asked the question of what else can you do in this room? And then a voice says kill on the EVP, which is electronic voice phenomenon for first-time investigators. Um, but it was just so unsettling, and I just felt this wet hand underneath my shirt go up my back. And I'm like, it's wet because I pissed on a dead hand or something outside. <laughs> so I don't like how pee-centric this podcast has been so far, just so you know. Oh, we'll, we'll get to the fart joke soon. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that better. 
so part of the episode as well is they're like okay they're gonna have me and amanda sit in the closet upstairs which you know and um (laughs) (laughs) yeah heather caught on okay (laughs) so it's this really weird looking closet it literally goes like two feet in and then just about like six feet left and right so both of us were sitting down with our backs against the furthest parts of the closet it like up against the walls and it just constantly felt like someone was just nose to nose with you the entire time just like staring at you like get out get the hell out of my house don't want you here nothing like that so we kept hearing like thudding downstairs we're like oh like the other investigators they probably want to come in and the i remember the camera guy goes yeah i got to change my batteries anyways so as i got up i was like huh like I said in my mind, I'm like, if this is a demon, it would have done something by now, which that was like the whole lore of the place is it's like demonic negative energy. And yeah, so (laughs) we're walking downstairs and bringing back up the coffee table that I mentioned before. I realized that there was a placement on the coffee table with the candles and it looked like it was completely angled different, like something shuffled across it. And the the table itself looked like it was it's been disturbed, like moved a couple inches. And I looked over to Lynn Chekai, who was one of the investigators at the time, and I told her I think the coffee table moved. And right as that happened, the table in front of us moves two inches forward. Oh. I'm holding a K2 meter, and it spikes red. And then I look down, and I'm like, I realize I'm in the doorway where all the exorcisms happened that failed. All the failed Maybe that's why I didn't get that audition. Yeah. <laughs> Went to an audition in Syracuse, and no joke, I tripped over the coffee table on my way out. Like, There's a whole scene. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> but as this all happened, um, sabotage your gig. Uh, the the camera guy had a voice box with him that didn't have any batteries in, and it just starts screeching. So there's there's six of us that just witnessed this. And just as that happened, the, the other investigators are knocking on the outside door like, hey, hey, we're all going to come inside now. And then we try, you could tell in the episode, we're like kind of lost for words of what just happened. And Cameron goes, okay, guys, we're going to go in the basement. <laughs> I was like, I want to fucking go home kind That's of thing. Up, gang. Yeah. Literally, everyone did it like the fucking Scooby-Doo walk down the fucking basement stairs. And, yeah, more things happened down there that were just so unsettling that as we're setting up cameras, because we had the lights on down there when we were just getting situated, just so obviously everyone could see where they are on the stairs. And as soon as I got down there, um, I was the second one in, and I just got hit with this really like cold cloud and just smelled like rotted flesh and it like circled the room with like just about three of us in there at the time and then went up the stairs which some people say that's connected to negative energy or demonic crap things like that um and literally the the lore of the place too is that at the time it was a stagecoach area that the guy would actually rob and murder the people coming through on, on the stagecoach and literally store their bodies in the basement when it was too cold in the winter to bury the bodies where originally like a farm shed used to be 
which has now been overgrown by this little pond area. So yeah, it was quite uncomfortable. So we're all sitting down on the ground in the pitch dark with the voice box on and it got really, really quiet. And I'm not too keen on if these voice boxes really work. I think they're obviously just programmed and they just have a timer with trigger words. But first it said demon and then it said run and then it said hide. So everyone's like, yeah, let's just go upstairs kind of thing. I was like, good idea. And I was just, I was like, hide. <laughs> yep. I was the second last one out of the basement. I'm like, I swear to God, I was making sure I was not the last one going up those stairs. <laughs> and we did a little bit more than the investigating. Um, we didn't really have a chance to sit in the living room or anything, which the cool thing about this place um, Daniel Class, who is one of the lead investigators of the show, he actually bought the property and he's been doing significant renovations to the place. Um, they do have a lot of overnight web cameras set up there that people could actually go to their website and watch live streams of literally the haunting of Hinsdale. So anyways, towards the end of our night, um, we're just all packing up and you could tell like me and Amanda were just like, what the hell did we get ourselves into? We're just two actors just trying to have another thing on our resume. We thought this would be a good spotlight for us and we're both getting freaked out here. <laughs> and, um, I remember being in the, the house with uh, the camera operator and he just snaps a lot of IR photos kind of thing as we're start wrapping up the night. And I remember he snapped photos facing towards the stairs. And it was like a three, three burst thing. So the first burst was literally where the left of the frame, I'll share this too with the video um, and credit them properly too. The left of the frame is very dark where basically the coffee table is facing towards the stairs. And then the next frame, it's bright in that area. And then you see what looks like a leg coming down the stairs. And I remember like he took three, literally aimed the camera, pressed it three times and we locked up and left. And the whole time, literally the entire drive back up in the middle of the night, me and Amanda did not say a word to each other. And they heavily insisted the next day, like, oh, you should have said, like, oh, nothing, follow us home or nothing like that. Like, we didn't know that. Anything. Yeah, that sounds like an invitation to me. Definitely nothing, follow me. Yeah, so. I idea, I'm throwing it out there now. Just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember waking up and just constantly having, like, night terrors for, like, a, an entire year. But going a little bit in further into that um about two weeks later i woke up and the fan in my room was spinning backwards kind of thing with no power on like the the light switch was completely off you can't obviously turn on the light without the switch being operated and a few weeks after that i was sitting in my room it was a, a night a day after my friends were over and they had a couple drinks and i was being a bit lazy and not picking up their cans in my room because i didn't really care being a, a lazy, I think, yeah, 21-year-old. We we've all been there. <laughs> but I remember I was, I was home alone typing on my computer, and this can just literally whips out of nowhere and smashes against the wall next to me. And I look behind me, and just the cat's there. What smashed in the wall? An empty can. Oh, wow. Of what? It was like a, like a Pepsi can. Oh. Just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. 
Um, but I look behind me and just, yeah, my cat Fuzzball at the time was just sitting there. I'm like, there's no fucking way this cat could have thrown it like that. <laughs> Your cat was like, I Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. If, if she had that aim, she'd be yelling Kobe. I'm a cold drinker. Yep. Yeah. Well, it, it was like RC Cola, so it was pretty. Oh, shitty. Well, that's no, well, that's justifiable. <laughs> it's like get this shit out of the house. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, and then for the past couple of years, yeah, it's just been extreme anxiety here. That it's not only just me, but family members have witnessed things too. And I had like my ex fiance Susan, who lives in Canada. Um, hello, Susan, if you hear this. This is me telling the story of what you told me. So <laughs> um, one night I was at Walmart working, unfortunately, and my hat goes out to everybody who has survived working in retail, especially at Walmart. There's a lot of fucking crazy people in this world, and I'm grateful that you survived them. It's like, it's like getting a warden at the end of the video game that just says, you did good kind of thing. So... I remember she was quite frantic one night while I was at work and she's like, yeah, that there's this, she felt like something was just trying to come out of the closet in my room. I'm like, Oh, it's a special ghost <laughs> kind of <Aww>. thing. <laughs> but no, she was quite terrified of it. She said she woke up multiple times feeling like she was being watched and just did not want to be in the house without me there at all. And so she ended up leaving that week to go back to Canada. And it's uh, it was shortly after my family moved out to Utah with the Mormons. And <laughs> I remember my little sister had to be like, God, I think like five or six at the time. And it was so cool that my family, when they moved out West, I bought the place from them. And I was so happy like to move into the bigger bedroom and have a private bathroom. And it just felt really weird living alone for a while because it, it was just so quiet. And I remember I had the bathroom light on as I was sleeping in the room. And I saw this like little black figure run from the doorway of my bedroom to the bathroom. And Heather and Paul, I believe you both have been in my bathroom before. Indeed. I believe I have. Yep. So yeah, you know, like that distance kind of thing. And one night my sister calls and everything like that, just the chat that she misses us and everything. And then she goes, but right before she hangs up the phone, she's like, watch out for the little black ghostie in our room. Hangs up the phone. I did not tell them a thing. <laughs> I was like, good God. So I reached out to um, other investigators of just like, how do we deal with something that I feel like it's been attached to me in some like negative way or things like that. And I reached out to a few of them. They're like, well, it's, you could do sage, you could do salt. That made things worse. And yeah, then one of them recommended like these things, if it's negative energy, you just have to let it wear off on its own. Don't think of it. Don't mention it, which of course stuff's going to probably happen. <laughs> but anyways, there's another time too that I was casting for the feature film, The Agents. And this was before Paul was involved um, I had auditions here at my place with Lynn Chekai and Chris Burns Jr. Back when they were a part of the production and they were, they were like helping cast and everything like that. And we're just waiting, just uh, ready to do the next audition. And Lynn mentioned, she's like, hey, does do things still happen here from Hinsdale? Because she was at the investigation. 
And just as she said that, the living room light flickered, the hallway light flickered, and then the bedroom light flickered. And then we heard like a, a knock. And I'm like, yeah, we don't talk about it. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, well, you have a good night with that. And they left like right after the next audition. They're just mad. The ghost mad good audition. Like, I brought a headshot. <laughs> yep. You might have seen me in a Snickers commercial. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't hire him. You know, he was union. No. And we couldn't we couldn't afford to pay him. <laughs> We're working on it, people. Gag. Yeah. Yep. Gag ghost actors. <laughs> ghost actors. Yeah. God, yeah. Casper's been in there for a while and he will not be rehired. I don't know, it's probably because he possessed that chick or something. But yeah, it's just been a lot of weird happenings here and just really uncomfortable stuff going on. And um my one ex last year that she actually she fell asleep and I was already out cold. I had a really long day at work at the time and we're sleeping in my room and she thought my dog jumped up on the bed and she's like, she like kind of opened her eyes, like just to like push it off. And she blinked for a moment. She's like, this thing looked like it was about like three to four feet tall and had this weird like cat face shape but it didn't have the eyes of a cat. And I'm like, that's really weird. I'm like, so we have, ghost, we have ghosts and aliens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was super strange. She's like, it was like, it was gone in like three seconds. Like it was never there, but she remembers waking up and like the indentations, like, cause you know, I have a very fat dog mm-hmm. jumping up on the bed kind of thing. And it really shook her off. It's not and, subtle. That's not like, no. did I imagine that? That's like, Yeah. Muffin. I assume you mean muffin. Yes. <laughs> She's a big girl. <laughs> yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> it's the big thing too. Cause like she does the double thud where like she jumps up and she like digs in her front paws and then she uses that as like a leap to get the second paws up her back paws on the bed. Right. And then by the time she's done that, she's winded. So she's like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Climbing <laughs> <laughs> in the bed. Oh God. Oh, she is fucking mooching for mac and cheese tonight for dinner. She's like, just give me the bowl. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was just a lot of super strange things that just progressed and slowly wore away. Like once in a while, like people say like, oh, like they'll feel uncomfortable here or being watched kind of thing. It has nothing to do with all the nanny cams I have set up here. But no, I do not have cameras hooked up. I just have a very loud dog that loves to bark and scream every time people come in the house. But like I said, it's just been a whole weird, strange happenings ever since Hinsdale. And if you guys check out, it was, I think it was on um, Destination America or just, yeah, Destination America. Um, They did the show called Paranormal Lockdown where two investigators actually stayed, I think it was either for 48 or for 72 hours at Hinsdale. And they got a lot of stuff and it was pretty damn cool. Like literally this, this house is their poster image for, for their show as well as paranormal lockdown in the UK. And it's just really, really intense of what this guy went through of this. Apparently like he felt like he had a malevolent spirit or energy follow him home and just terrorized him enough that he had to get blessed kind of thing to try to wear this away. But he kept having night terrors. And I'm like, this is the same shit. I went through five years ago kind of thing. And this guy went through it too, but 
it was very, very interesting here. If you guys are ever interested in watching it, it's, it's in season one. It literally, I'm pretty sure it is house of hell or Hinsdale house, something like that, but definitely worth the watch. Um, but yeah, that kind of closes up my terrifying ghost story of what I witnessed. And yeah, sometimes, yeah, like, uh, for a while when I came home, I was seeing like shadow things out of the corner of my eyes and a full on manifestation running from one side of the room to the other. And my pet's, used to freak out all the time but kind of they stopped doing that they're like oh we just got used to this shit kind of thing it's what it's something that we put in the water or something like that that just makes them loopy but yeah but yeah that closes up my my ghost story that i have oh you have one too don't you well what oh you have one this week as well i actually have a couple things um real quick before we do let's do the the segment of what's paul what what food product that Paul have that's associated with today. I was today waiting I for this. Actual spirits. I brought it <laughs> I believe, but it's the spirit of bon- Bonio. So this is like a representative. Okay. Um, as you guys know, I posted it in our group link. I had a couple, I just had a recent haunting as of last Thursday. Oh boy. Uh, the family that I'm staying with right now will go for Donna anonymity um i they've lent me a little room down in the basement down here nice it's a nice little place to stay uh wonderful wonderful family so when i say this next statement i, I will say they are the salt of the earth i trust them to no extent but two people have died in this home um so if i'm not heard from please investigate um two two family members have passed in this house and there have been some hauntings the one I didn't really associate because the one day back in April, uh, I was walking to my room and the, the, the woman who owns the house, she's an immaculate decorator. She loves going all out for the holidays, but she's also very concise. The day after the holiday, everything comes down. Yep. So the house will be all Christmassy up on December 26th. It's all gone. On, on February 15th, Naria Hart. Uh, she has an army of rabbits that's my life paul nearly a heart yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, she has the army of rabbits that really scare me for the around the easter time so st patty's day lots of green lots of leprechauns well it was april like 16th 17th i think it was yep and i was and there was this random <laughs> leprechaun puppet sitting in the middle of the floor uh what made it more creepy was it only had one leg and so I picked it up and I was very nice to it. And I put it on the couch and then I came down and I told the, I told the mom, I'm like, yeah, um, did you leave a leprechaun? She said, no, didn't want to hear that. And then later when I came down, the leprechaun was gone, which I think disheartened me more. It's like when you see a spider, that's scary. But then when you don't see the spider after seeing the spider, that's scarier. So the Especially missing- when it's the size of a quarter and then right. I start screaming. Right, right. Well, she did say she put it away, but last week, Thursday night, about 3.30 in the morning, I was haunted by a casserole dish. There was sitting, there was one sitting on the couch outside my room that I had brought down. They had had something for dinner, and they keep their casserole cabinet down here, but I don't know where. So I bring casserole it down. Casserole tends to here. haunt me internally. That's right. So they're like, so all right, Paul, find the casserole. Find the casserole. <laughs> well, there's a very distinct noise that a glass lid makes upon a casserole dish. 
and around 3.30 in the morning, it woke me up with just that sound of the lid on the, on the dish. Uh, I was sitting in the middle of the couch. Don't know. I investigated it. Make of that what you will. So that's my recent haunting, but here's the really meaty story. Uh, back, I don't even know when this happened, but I mentioned last episode that I belonged to a theater company called the Ghost Light Theater in North Tonawanda for a very long time. Yep. Uh, the company still exists. They're a great company, and they own their own building, which used to be a church. And it's a very, very haunted building. A lot of things that I've experienced have been directly through that building. And a lot of ghost hunters have gone through there, and I've had the opportunity to witness this, especially because I'm one of the few cast members or members of the company who didn't mind being awake after midnight. So they need someone to stay awake till three or four in the morning. I don't sleep. Sure. Uh, I'm always very, very respectful. As interested as I am, I don't want to impede upon other people's investigations. So I try to stay out of their way. In this one company, I won't mention their name mostly because I don't. Oh, did we just uh, lose pause audio? Yeah, we lost pause audio. <laughs> I was like, well, he, did, he really didn't mention their name. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, we, we, there we go. We, we, we lost your audio for a moment. Yeah, it said, it said my connection was unstable. Or maybe it was just me. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm unstable. I am uh, so you want to start all over again? Or not over again? <laughs> um, trying to think. Where did you leave off? Oh, the uh, you can't say their name. That's where you left off. Yep, and then okay. it all went quiet. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, because they did start to say their name. I think that's probably what it cut out. They're, they're listening to this. So they probably messed up the connection. Not back off. Well, whatever this company was, um, I told them, I will stay out of your way. I'll just do your thing. And I said, the only rule I have is you cannot go up into the attic alone. And that's not a rule for supernatural reasons. That's a rule because the, there are parts of the floor that you will fall through and die. So don't go in there. Don't go up to the bell tower. That's very, very dangerous. If you want to go up to the bell tower, I will take you up there. But don't go by yourself. Um, plus, there are bats up there, and we don't want them coming downstairs. So please do not go up into the bell tower. I go those two explicit rules. Other than that, I will just, I'll be a fly on the wall. You guys do their thing. Well, if you've ever been a part of any supernatural hunt, the first thing they do is a little prayer where they circle up. And they start saying, well, please don't hurt anyone in this circle. We're all good people. Don't hurt any of us. Yeah, I didn't get that treatment. Yeah, well, I wasn't part of that. <laughs> knew. Treatment. You peed on their ancestors. Well, I yeah. was sorry. I said I was sorry five times. Well, the non-peer here wasn't included in the circle either. I'm sitting out there watching as they're saying, you can't hurt any of us. I'm like, excuse me. I'm hello. Hello. I don't want to be killed by ghosts either. I'll just, okay, okay. So they're wandering around, and uh, at one point, I see this guy just run from one end of the, the, the theater, and he, he, was, he was just panicking. He was like, I was up in the attic. And I was like, wait, wait, why were you up in the attic? How'd just, you get down here so fast? <laughs> yeah, well, he was like, and something told me that it was not of God, but the other thing. And I was like, oh, well. So you disrespected my one rule and you went and angered the guy up there. Great. <laughs> and I'm not part of your little circle either. Should I point that out? You probably pissed off the bats too. <laughs> right, probably. 
so I'm like, you're, you're freaking kidding me. So I told them again, hey, you can't go up shaking my angry finger at them and they finish up and they um they did their circle again and and again did a blessing again not including me and <laughs> take off and i said all right well they said well we're getting ready to leave i said okay now the 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 neighborhood the theater is in isn't the best so nothing you want to be wandering around at three in the morning by yourself so I said, look, we'll all walk, walk out together. Just give me a minute. I'm going to um, make sure that everything's okay. I walk past the attic door and I feel this strong breeze that tells me that they didn't just go up in the attic. They went up into the bell tower and they left the bell tower wide open, which would let bats out, which was also let all the cold air in and mess up our heating. So I had to walk up there and I was just kind of talking to the ghost the entire way. I'm like, hey guys, it's me. You know me, right? Please don't kill me. Like, yeah, you're you're the guy that they left out when they were saying like exactly. please don't hurt us. Yeah. <laughs> I close it up. I wasn't I wasn't any more than two minutes. I came downstairs. I said, Okay guys, I'm ready to go. Guys. Hello. <laughs> Hello. They all left. Not only did they leave, I walked out to the exit, they left it wide open. And I'm like seeing all these like Nerdy wells wander by and I was like, ah, okay. All right, you know what, Coach, you can kill me. Go ahead, because they don't care about me. <laughs> They're probably thinking like we gotta let all these bats out now. Right. <laughs> now that we pissed them off. So that wasn't as much a supernatural story as it much of people are assholes. And I wanted to vent about that. I said one day I will get my revenge. Today is that day. How's it feel? Who's yeah. the big man now, Mr. Paranormal Group? Huh? 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 Yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. I liked it. I thought it was a pretty cute Thank you, story. Brian. Thank you. That's all I needed. A little bit of support. It was a very sad story of Paul being left behind. I know. <laughs> it's kind of indicative of a, a lot in Paul's life, isn't it? I think I think the story here is don't say don't go in the attic because usually... I know. It was planted suggestion of a misbehavior, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you're like, don't do this thing. They always do that one I, thing, so... And I said, if you're... All I said was didn't go, don't go without me. So <laughs> I can tell you where not to step and where not to die. That was the only rule I had because I, I didn't care about... I really could care about the possession. I just didn't want our insurance to get in trouble. <laughs> the one guy's walking through the attic. You know, this floor feels really loose in some spots. <laughs> uh, so that's been it for this episode pretty much. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to go into Heather's um, closing statements. Closing statements already? Yeah, it's been a fun episode, hasn't it? It has. Um, so do any of us practice a religion? Eh. No. <laughs> I'm spiritual. Okay. Just this topic kind of touches on religious beliefs and I know um I know some Christians who I've spoken to that believe that there's no such thing as ghosts as we think of them, um that there are only demons and that people and like good entities reside with God in heaven and if something is speaking with you claiming to be human then it's a lie. Uh, do with that what you will. I thought that was interesting. Um, I found that science and religion butt heads a lot, and they aren't very good at listening to one another. Uh, we tend to let our emotions fuel our beliefs, and when they're questions or when they are questioned, we feel attacked. Um, people say not to speak on politics, religion, whatnot. Um, 
I think we should avoid, uh, or I, sorry, I don't think we should avoid difficult topics, but rather learn how to have civil conversations about difficult topics, um, which I think we do a great job of. Uh, I think based on my scientific background, people would guess that I don't believe in ghosts, but I've had enough experiences that I can't solve to be entirely open to it. Um, you just don't know what you don't know. And I think science and religion can live side by side because they ask different questions. You know, science asks how, religion asks why. And if you're religion or religious, it doesn't discount science because uh, science would be the way through which God works. And if you better know science, then you better know God. Um, if you're scientific, don't dismiss the fact that your findings of how may not answer why. That's my piece on the matter. That was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> Thanks. I think that's very true. I think that there are a lot of people who just don't know how to go about specific topics. And so they always feel like they're, they have to be validated, that they're always right, that they can't listen to other people. So I agree with you that we should be more civil, that we should have like difficult conversations, like you said, but just be civil about it. So I agree with that. And I think that's the only way we learn. I, the only people that really scare me in life are the ones that are absolutely sure this is absolute 100% truth. And, you know, this is, and I find both religion for both like politics, those are the only people, people that, well, here's my beliefs, but are the people I usually can have conversations with. Yeah, I usually try to stick to people that like are very open-minded. I try not to talk to or associate with people that are like, no, my belief system is the right one. And if you don't believe it, then you're wrong. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so we have this new segment for this episode uh, because what happened is this is a two-parter. So usually, obviously, as you guys know, that our format is different. So we went from, you know, the origin to recent sightings to the fact of bullshit. So what we're doing for this one now is we're going to create a new segment called What Scary Place Would I Like to Visit? Um, so I'll start this one off. Uh, Howland Road. Because I want, to go with, I want to go with Heather. Heather, I want to go with Holland Road with you one day and just 2 a.m. Because I heard... You know, right. I ended up there one day. Like, because I actually live pretty close to Angola and I was just driving around and uh, I ended up going home a different way from, I think it was Walmart than normal. And I was like, hmm, weird. I've never taken this way. And then I was like, holy crap, I know where I am. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is freaky. <laughs> But yeah. What do you know what time it was? What? Do you know what time it was? Like day. Oh, it was in the middle of the day, but yeah. you know, it, it's like there's no houses right in that area and like it's a really narrow street and you have to honk to make sure that no one can like start coming through when you're there because like then you're one just one lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The reason why I said two AM is I heard that's the time that like the spooky stuff really happens is yeah. two AM. Yeah. So <laughs> Which explains a lot. I mean, they always say, like, the scariest things happen at night. I think it's just because of the unknown. Like, we fear the unknown. Oh, yeah. And Psychologically, your brain likes to fill yeah. in gaps. Like, if it can't yeah. make out something, it makes it up. And have their darkness and stuff like that. So hour, I like, 3 a.m.? I said yeah, 2 a.m. Yeah, hour is 3 a.m., but I, I account for uh, the time change, right? Like, if it... Uh, so, 2 or 3, yeah. 3.30 was the, the scary casserole dish. Yeah, it's always, it's always like after hours. I think, I don't know, maybe they have a different sleeping schedule than we do. I think that's probably why. 
And Heather, please bring more than a hammer this time. <laughs> uh, I wasn't yeah. planning a Holland a Road spoiler. Here. I was yep. just going on my road trip. I was off visiting friends. Doing air guitar. Yep. <laughs> I guess I thought mine would be cute. So that's where my scary place would be and who I would bring. Uh, probably that is cute. Uh, what about you guys? What's your scary place this week? Or what? Since we're doing that this week as opposed to um, Factor Bullshit, what scary places would you guys like to visit? Whoever wants right, to I'll go. I will go. Um, this is not a, a one specific area, but I, uh, one of my bucket list items is I want to go to New Orleans. Uh, and I want, and not for the, I want, I just want it for the scoop, spooky crap. I want to do the cemeteries. I want to do uh, anything voodoo. It, I want to see it. That's why. I, so that's my destination. Are you familiar and, with Anne Rice at all? Well, what? Are you familiar with Anne of Rice? Course. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I've read a lot of great things by her, and they're all in New, New Orleans. Right, right. Yeah. I love seeing the, the graveyards that they have there, like just how structurally they're built. It looks so cool. I think Poppy Z. Bright is from New Orleans, too, if I'm not mistaken. She's another author who, uh, a phenomenal horror writer. I would say it's too humid for me, but heck, it's humid here, so. Ugh. The the place I really want to go is, I know a lot of people have been there locally, but I have not been to Rolling Hills Asylum yet. Oh, I suggest it. But I, warm. I went in the middle of summer, but it was still like 20 degrees. And I was in shorts, and it killed me. So it's a it's a freezing cold concrete building. Oh yeah, I heard it gets super cold there. Go dress warm, but I I I completely suggest it. And then another one that always caught my interest, and this was from like scariest places on earth. If you guys remember the old ABC show, mm -hmm. but the really creepy chick kind of thing that sounded like she just smoked cigarettes every five minutes of her life. Um. It's the catacombs, I believe, under Italy with all the skulls and everything. They made the movie As Above, So Below. France, isn't it? I, it might be. I'm, yeah, I as think it might be France. So below. But just the whole thing of the, the labyrinth of tunnels and everything. Like, personally, I'm claustrophobic. I'm a big guy. I don't like small spaces. But I would love to see that stuff kind of thing. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll just send a GoPro in with my dog or something. Just she'll find her way out. <laughs> No, that's me. That's animal cruelty. I will not do that to Muffin or subject her to that. I would send an RC car. I'll be more classy about it. But just to witness and everything and just see, like, why did, like, the civilization build it back then with also with all these bodies and skulls and everything like that? It's just so much history and life that now those are all the remains kind of thing. Definitely has to be haunted. It has. It just has to be. But for Rolling Hills Asylum, I, I hope to do it once everything reopens from all the virus scare going on. But yeah, that's it's on my to-do list definitely for the end of the year. And then Brian, did you have anywhere else you wanted to go? Nope, just Holland Road, Heather, two a.m. Whatever day it is, I don't care. Um, with, with anything but a hammer. Yep. Brian, we we have tickets for Paris. No, I don't want to go. Yeah. I'll pick you up on my ride home for I'll pick you up on my ride home from work. How about that? Great, sounds good. You can tell me all about the Lindsay Sterling book. But Ty, you want to do the honors of uh Yes. Um me and Paul have a special closing thing that we'd love to do today. Um in May we found out our good friend Michael here has not been feeling very well and going through some pretty difficult 
medical stages and he's actually been hospitalized and he needs some assistance with his medical bills. Um, for those who are listening, you most likely heard of Michael here in the Western New York film community. He's a very, very talented actor and we want to give a shout out to him, hoping he feels better. And if people want to donate any penny or anything that they can to help his relief funds, please do. He's, he's a very good guy and we're very grateful to not only act with him, but to learn from him. And then, Paul, what did you have to say for your friend? Well, uh, and to, to uh, just kind of fishtail on, on uh, Ty's statement, yes, Mike, if, you, if and when you listen to this, uh, when you are recovered and we wanted to say we love you, this will be out probably, what, a month? Um, but by then, the GoFundMe page might still be active. So if you go, can we put that on our, on our CryptoCast page? Okay, we'll put it on the CryptoCast page. You know, anybody who's following me on Facebook, I've, I'm going to keep forwarding it. Uh, it's a tough time for him, and uh, the recovery is going to be not easy. So we want to just show his love. If you can give a little something, which I know it's tight for all of us, that would be wonderful if you can't. Even if you just pay it forward, push that, uh, push it forward, and, and uh, share it around for those who can. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, Mike, we love you. And, and if you don't get better, I'm going to kick your ass here and simple. <laughs> Um, and I do want to give a shout out since this is kind of on topic on a, on a, on a less serious note. My friend Amanda Woomer is an author and hey, you know where I'd like to go that's very, very haunted? I don't know, but thankfully there's a book called Haunted Atlas of Western New York, a spooky guide to the strange and unusual, written by, by my very good friend Amanda. And if you are looking for someone spooky to, to visit, um, Brian, maybe you can find other places that you would have that can hang out, okay? They also have a great escape room. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the way, there are other two people on this on this cast you can invite to Brown Bush. Not to say it feels like it at all, but no. It would be nice to be asked is all I'm saying. Uh, I, can, I can see them bringing us along, Paul, on their little trip to Holland Road. They're like, okay, guys, you guys are going to stand outside this of the car. Well, we're going to go stand on the other side of the bridge and we just see fucking taillights just driving away. And we're like, they left uh, us here. Back, right? uh, I can't, I can't back, promise right? I won't take a piss there. But and yes. I said, well, damn it, Brian, you stole my joke. <laughs> see, I, I, said, I, I, could I, run, I could run, Paul. I, I don't have to be fast. I just have to be faster than you. That's uh, all. <laughs> I cheat. I cheat. I'm going right for the knees. I'm going to do it a trip. <laughs> Last thing you'll hear is me screaming, I'm too pretty to die. You'll uh, hear me screaming distantly in the woods. Just <laughs> He peed on you, ghost. He peed on you. <laughs> and that's all I have. Awesome. Um, thank you guys for tuning in this week. We have um, about three more episodes left this season. And we have something special planned at the end of the season that we can't wait to show you guys. But thank you guys for tuning in. I am Ty Chayman. I'm Paul McGinnis. I'm Heather Dunham. I'm Brian Dudeman. And we are the CryptoCast. Thank you guys for listening. Stay scary. <laughs>